don't we, sweetie? I know what that is. It's one of the more identifiable uh, songs. Instrumentals. Instrumentals. Like everybody thinks of Saint Elmo's. Isn't isn't this called the love theme of Saint Elmo's Fire? It's called Saint Elmo's Fire love theme instrumental. Very good. Thank you. Um, actually, we got to play our other music here too. This makes it an official podcast. Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Pop Culturing. This is podcast number, I don't know. We don't, I don't know if we number Pop Culturing, but we're doing a movie that I like to call St. Elmo's Fire. Nobody else calls it that, though. And I guess everybody else does. And at the risk of uh, upsetting you, my darling, we're going to play about 35 seconds. So here, first thing is, Kathy and I watched this last night. Neither one of us had seen it in, what, 15, 20 years? No, I've seen it several really? times. But, oh, absolutely. We've seen it 15, 20 years. Think about how many times we've watched it on TNT and TBS and everything. I don't, I don't think of it as a TNT, TBS type movie. There is no way it's been... And if think it's, about it. JC is 16 years old. Okay. Have you seen it since JC was born? I don't think so. This movie came out in 1985. Well... You, you know what? I don't know. I All was 13, I know you were 14. Is while watching it, I knew everything they were going to say and I knew everything that was going to happen. The only there was only a few like, "Oh, I was excited because of this moment was coming." Yeah. But I still knew it was coming. It yeah. just I'd forgotten that at the beginning that it was coming. So, anyway, if that's the case that it hasn't been 15 years, it's very well lodged in my brain. Very much so. And would you agree that I know it better than you? No. I knew all those lines, sweetie. Just because you were saying them out loud didn't mean I didn't know them. Whatevs. You just knew if, random obscure lines. If there's a St. Elmo's <laughs> trivia, I'm winning it. Um. Anyway, so if you like this movie but haven't seen it in a while, we're going to like just take a deep dive and just assume that you just saw it like we did. We're not going to set anything up. We're just going to have a conversation between my wife and I because I thought this movie, I like this movie. Let me start there. Okay. But I thought it was good. And I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> well, I'm not something so- that's good in 1985. Right. It's very hard for it to hold up in 2019. I know, Almost but, impossible. But even with that, like, I just think, anyways, I don't know. I'm getting out of myself. So, so just watch it. So pause it. Stream it on Amazon Prime. It might pause be what? free on. You just said pause, pause this it. podcast. Pause this and watch it because you'll get more out of this banter that you and I are about to start. Well, I think if you've seen it, you're going to be fine listening. Okay, that's fine. You too. don't need to rewatch so, it. But the point is, is that Todd and I think we're going to point out the challenges. So just to help you remember, here's a 30-second quick uh, quotes from each of the seven characters. Okay. Well, it's not just infatuation, Kevin. She's not just a girl. She's the only evidence of God that I can find on this entire planet. Where did you meet Wendy again? Prison. <laughs> Hi, Felicia. How you doing? Me? Oh, you know, it ain't easy being me. You know all those nights we stayed up talking? How come you never made a pass at me? I'm going to get you a red, lacy, baby doll Nike. Alec, I'm very happy in your old pajamas. Oh, I'm happy when you're out of my old pajamas. Alec is becoming a Republican and he wants to get married. Oh, my God. Do you ever feel like you're not accomplishing anything at all? I think I'm in touch with that emotion. And I love how we have the sax in the background. It's Billy Billy Hicks in the new breed. Do you know who's in the new breed? Who? Mayor Winningham's brother. It's a real band. Okay. Mayor Winningham is Wendy. Wendy. 
and her brother's in the new breed. So can I go through and say who all those people were in sure. order? Sure, sure, go ahead. So we started with Kerbo, Kirby, mm-hmm. Kager, which is the worst character in the whole thing, in my opinion. And then Billy, Billy Hicks, and then Kevin. We don't know Kevin's last name, or we probably do. We don't know any. Oh, yeah, actually. Of course we do. Right. Billy Hicks, Kirby Kager. Yeah. We probably know Kevin's last name because he holds up that article, The Meaning of Life. Kevin Dolan's. Is it? I think that's right. Isn't it Mickey Dolan's no, from I, the Monkees? No, I think it's Kevin Dolan's. Okay, Kevin. And then Jules. Mm-hmm. We don't know Jules' last name. No, I don't think and so. And it's so funny because I remember seeing the movie for the first time whenever that was, 1985, and thinking her name was J-E-W-E-L-S. Yes. But it's just Julie with yeah, Jules. Jules. Okay. Um, Alec. Yep. Leslie. Yep. And Wendy Beamish. Yeah. They do say her last name. Yes. Oh, and Alec Newberry. Yes. They say his last name. So only Leslie and Jules and get the shaft. Do you want to say the actors or no? Yeah. So we've got Emilio Estevez. Estevez. Kirby. Kirby. Um, We've got Rob Lowe. And we've got Kevin. um, Excuse me. We have, don't, don't, Andrew McCarthy. Correct. And then we have Demi Moore and Judd Nelson Mm -hmm. and Ali Sheedy. And Mayor Winningham. Very good. Ah, that was off the top of my head. That was good. We usually do movies that win awards. I have a feeling this won no awards. (laughs) This one did not win many awards. Well, the only award it won was Rob Lowe won a Razzie Award for Worst Actor. For Worst Supporting Actor. Yeah. Did he do that bad of a job in this movie? Any worse than anybody else? Well, you don't know how out of hand. You just don't know how out of hand, out of it's, hand gonna it's gonna be. He, 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 his character was very. Um, I don't know. It, I can't even sit here and be like, I'm gonna compare his acting to anyone else's because this seemed a little like everyone was kind of just walking yeah. through it. But let's say why we chose this. Okay, okay before go ahead. we dive into the go point. ahead. So, if you are a Gen Xer, especially if you graduated anywhere between like '84 and '95 okay. or '80, high you know, school. Yeah, high school, not college. Um, this movie was a huge part of your life, right? Um, maybe even way before that, you know, like maybe 1980 to 1995. I don't Whatever. know. I don't really care. I just don't want to leave anybody out here. It, it was along the same, you know, road as The Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles, all the John Hughes movies. This was a Joel Schumacher movie. It was not a John Hughes movie, but it was all the same people. It was when, what did they call it? The Brat Pack was yep. huge. So for those of us in Gen X, this was a movie. This was a staple, right? Um, and all these people were huge. So to Todd and I, this is a movie we always talk about as being like a favorite from childhood. And maybe I'll go back and say maybe I haven't seen it in 15 years <laughs> because it's not great. Um, it's it's funny. It's funny. But I don't think the way they intended it to be funny. No. And, and like you said, you knew a lot of lines, I know a lot of lines, and the lines that we know are the dumb ones. Yes. The ones that are kind of... I think most of them might be dumb. <laughs> so so Joel Schumacher directed. Correct. I, I handpicked a few movies that I recognize that Joel Schumacher directed. Let me guess one. Did he do Flatliners? Yes, he did. Okay. So I, I want that. you to tell me the best Joel Schumacher um, movie okay. from the ones that I chose. Okay. Batman Forever. Oh, okay. The Client. Wait, go back to Batman Forever. Are we talking Michael Keaton? What are we talking here? I don't know. It just says Batman Forever, whichever one Batman Forever was. Well, if it's Joel Schumacher, it's got to be Michael Keaton, right? Because think about no, how many No, because wasn't Michael Keaton Batman? 
That's what I mean. I said no, it's but Batman be- Forever is a different movie. I know, but he did more than one movie. Batman Forever, nineteen ninety five, and the cat. Yeah, it's Michael Keaton, and it's the one with Jim Carrey. Um, I thought Batman Forever. I thought Michael Keaton was with Jack Nicholson. He was. Wait, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Was he a Batman? Batman Forever, nineteen ninety five. Okay. Um, cast: Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, Chris O'Donnell. So who was Batman? Val Kilmer. He was Batman? Yes. Bruce Wayne. Val Kilmer was Batman. Yes. How did I miss that? I don't know. Because I remember the Jim Carrey Riddler. Yeah. And I remember uh, Tommy Tommy Lee Lee Jones Jones was Two-Face. Two-Face. Nicole Kidman was some lady. Some lady. Chris O'Donnell was Robin. Wow, Val Kilmer. I feel like I skipped skipped over that because I remember George Clooney as Batman. Doesn't matter. Let's move on. Wait, before we move on, do you know... That Robert Pattinson is going to be Batman? That's Dracula. That's <laughs> It's Edward Cullen. He's a vampire. Also known as Dracula. We had this conversation about Dracula. He's got white skin, and he he's cold or hot. I forget. Which one of them's cold? Jacob is hot. He's a werewolf. Because he'll tell you that he's hot. And uh, Edward and is Dracula cold. And Dracula's a cold guy. Because he's kind of dead. And he can go outside, and he glistens. He sure does. But if the sun comes out, that's bad. Well, he, he prefers some gray weather. That's why he's up there in the Pacific, the Pacific Northwest. Northwest. All right, forget it. Batman Forever, the client falling down. Okay, that was Michael, uh, Michael, Michael, what's his name? Don't tell me. It was <laughs> Michael Douglas. Flatliners, Lost Boys. Okay. And then last, he directed a music video. This would be in excess, Devil Inside. So, sweetie, which of those movies are you going to go with Joel Schumacher's best work? I got to do two. Okay. I'm going to say The Lost Boys. I, well, best work is a strong thing. I don't know. I can't. I would have to go back. What's your favorite? Okay. Favorite's a different thing. Favorite. The Lost Boys and Flatliners. Over St. Elmo's? Yeah. Sweetie, no. I can't believe What's, I don't know. what's happening with you? These you days? told me to choose between that list. You're you right. didn't put St. Elmo's Fire right. on there. All right, let's move on. I have so many questions. Okay, but wait a second. Okay. I want to say something about the Lost Boys. Okay. Random. Rando. So I went to see it too. Yeah. Okay. And there's they do Pennywise. A, right. And they do a whole bunch of scenes in the this little like club that they have under the ground. And they have a Lost Boys poster in there. Yeah. That's all. Just wanted to share that. I'm going to give you the storylines, and you're going to give each storyline a letter grade. Oh. A is the best, F is the worst. Okay. Billy, w- Billy Hicks, okay. played by Rob Lowe, with a kid at home with Wendy, and Billy loses his job. What about Felice? And Felice. What letter grade do you give that one? Uh, Billy's as far, as story. As far as entertainment value to the well, movie. Well, entertainment value is probably B. Value to the movie. Uh, he's such a loser. Uh, C. C. Alec and Leslie. There's is a big story. B? Well, two different things. I think that Alec, uh, you mean their story together? Yeah. B. Um, Jewel's mother-in-law dying, plus she has a C. drug problem. C. Kevin's secret love with Leslie and the meaning of life. Secret love. <laughs> <laughs> want a date? You want um, a date? <laughs> let's see. Um, Kevin is a B. And then last but not least, 
Kirby Kager and Dale Beaverman. D minus F plus. So basically all your grades were either B, <laughs> C, or F. It averages to an average movie. It does. <laughs> Um, so real quick on Kirby. Wait, and, did you talk about Wendy? You you oh, threw I, Wendy into. I, yeah, I've had Wendy with Billy. Yeah, Wendy's got her own story. I'd give her a B. Okay, um, Kirby and Dale is is valuable to this movie as um, we did Dead Poet Society. Right, exact same Chris situation. Chris and whoever that uh, uh, Will Gardner. Will Gardner. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder if people can decode this podcast. Josh Charles. Thank you. Is that um, his name? His Jeff name's Charles? Knox. 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 Yes. Knox Overstreet. <laughs> okay. So I have um, what? Uh, I have some questions. Rapid fire. Okay, let's go. Did Leslie do the right thing by coming out of the bedroom? No. When Alec found out uh, Kevin had a girl in there, she wanted to quickly break away from Alec. And the, Don't you think that was a way to pull off the Band-Aid? Yes, and that's what I mean. She wanted to quickly hurt him, acknowledge they're done, but I think that she risked... I mean, the whole thing was a risk of their friendship. Like, you know. So did Leslie do the right thing? Yes or no? I wouldn't have done that, but it's good for a movie. I also wouldn't have slept with Kevin, but Did again, Leslie do the right thing? No. Okay. What's with the gang, all six of them, being so supportive of Billy cheating on his wife? I think support is a strong word. I think they're used to it, and it's complicit. And it's also very 80s, because there's a lot of boys But don't people cheat on their wives in 2019? Let's just talk about them being complicit or being fine with him drinking and driving and thinking it's a joke and bailing him out and then going to have more beers. And then also being fine with the fact that he, like totally totaled Wendy's car and they're like make a joke about that then Alec is fine with the fact that he like lost a job for the fourth time and that Billy was a joke. loses I think five jobs in an hour and a half movie that's he's, like he's a, like a job every 20 minutes I thought you guys would figure out that I was irresponsible <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think so go back to the first time you saw this okay, okay. did you ever think Kevin was gay uh no I didn't. I the, You knew that there was something cooking. Yeah, because... Did, did you know that he was in love with Leslie? No. Before everybody else knew? I don't remember what Me I neither. knew. I don't remember I, either. But no, I wasn't... I, I knew the whole thing with Ron was not Ron. a thing. <laughs> He's fabulous. He's so fabulous. <laughs> um, Ron, what's his last name? Did they have a, It doesn't matter. He was, the, um, he was the interior designer. What about Alec Newberry's... Uh, claim or belief system that if they get married, then he won't cheat on Leslie. I knew that was baloney in middle school, whenever the movie came out. So do you think that there's a chance that this character named Alec Newberry actually would have been faithful if he was married? No, absolutely not. So he's just pretending he's... He's he's lying to himself. He's lying to himself because what he thinks he wants now yeah. is exactly what L- Leslie said. He wants a Christmas card where he can be like, I work for Senator Hodges. Here's my wife. Here's our dog. How long until Alec cheats on Leslie after marriage? As soon as they get into a disagreement. As soon as she says, I want to focus on my career and not get pregnant. Yeah. Then he's going to say, the first I'm going to cheat. Something happens. I'm going to cheat until she gets pregnant. And I won't cheat. Then it'll move to the How many people say that all right. the time? I'm, I agree with you. What's with all of Billy's ties? <laughs> what's with everybody's all, ties? What's with Every- Jules' ties? What's with what's with Leslie's like frilly <laughs> outfits? Like that was my <laughs> next question. What's with Wendy's outfits? <laughs> Wendy, 
<laughs> well, Leslie has a different outfit. Wendy is wearing clothes from like Goodwill. I actually, <laughs> I actually found something out about Mayor Winningham during the filming of that. She, she was, was pregnant. She was pregnant. I did know. So that. maybe that was something. They also but even with that, her. They could have. Yeah, they made her look heavy, even though even she though was she was not. not. And and first of all, even though they tried to make her heavy, she still didn't look heavy. Like no, what she was like a skinny girl is- wearing big clothes with shoulder layers. pads. Yeah. Layers. She'd have like on this shoulder padded dress with a sweater. Um, and then Leslie and Jules would wear like a shirt and then a shirt over it and then a lacy scarf with a tie and pearls. Yeah. Like it, I was like, your necks must be exhausted yeah. carrying all that around. And then let's not even forget that Alec Newberry wore his collar. That up. was on there too. His collar was up. That's under my Stop It. I have a, 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 a new section of the show is called Stop It. By mid-movie, I said, put your damn collar down. Because, because it's a sport coat. Yes. He wears a sport coat. Yes. And he puts his collar up. I know. Does anybody ever do that? Was that like, I did. in fashion? You know what? I know that I used to take my button-down shirts and iron the collar up. I know I did wow, that. But you're a girl, and isn't that different? Guys did it, too. It was a preppy look. Did DeKalb people do it? Yes, that's really? where I lived. Everybody did preppy. It didn't matter where you lived. I don't ever remember seeing any guy wearing a sport coat collar up. I know, like in trading places, the rich people that Dan Aykroyd's with, they have like their their Oxford their button down shirt has a collar up. Or well, the shirt you're or, wearing right now, or a flip, golf shirt. Okay, flip up that collar for a second. Right. People did that all the time. I hear you, but he's wearing a sport coat. Honey, I'm with you. I want him to put the damn collar down. I'm just down. saying nobody did that. Well, everybody kind of wanted to be extra. I think it was an Alec Newberry. Sweetie, this don't is... try to pull our kids' language into this. This is a great time extra. and place to use extra because he was trying to be extra. He and sure he was. was. He was succeeding at being extra. Okay. How did Leslie know... That Alec was cheating on her. The extracurricular. Yes. What are we going to do with your extracurricular love life? Um, Because she's not an idiot. Because he probably came home smelling like women. And he probably called and said, I'm going to be late. And he probably, she probably, you know, we didn't have social networking. But she knew something was up. Right. She knew. It was just a hunch. Yes, she didn't know. It was a hunch. He told me nothing. I know. It was just a hunch. Until until now. now. Of becoming my bride. You're all invited. Thank you very much. Howie, what do you say we make this a double way? What's the matter with you? Let's cut it out. I thought we discussed this at home. We come here and you completely discount me. I'm just trying to facilitate the marriage process. You want marriage, Alec? Mm-hmm. Or do you just want a yearly Christmas card with the Newberries in front of the fireplace? You're just afraid to commit? No, I'm not afraid to commit. I have to have something for myself first before I can share it with you. Oh, will you just for once not use as the excuse for not marrying me your goddamn career? Oh, fine. All right, then. I have a better excuse. What are we going to do about your extracurricular love life? Huh? What extracurricular love life? Alec, come on. What did Kevin tell you? 
Um, what did Kevin tell you? How random is it that the saint that the man in motion song is going on? <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about that scene. So first of all, when that song comes back on, Kevin had put the record on. By the way, yeah, it's a it's, it's an a LP. It's an LP. It's a good old vinyl. He had put the record on because everybody wants to hear John Parr, and then who doesn't? And then it you know gets turned off for a second because Alec has to decide he's going to marry this person even though they haven't said yes. And then he puts it back on and you see everybody dancing, but they're dancing to a different beat. Mm. So they obviously, that song was inserted later. Yes. It's a little, it's a little They off. probably didn't have it there. Now, it, let's talk about the irony of Alec getting pissed at Leslie and saying, can you just for once not use your goddamn career? Yeah. That's why he wants to get married. Right. Do you see what I mean? She's saying, I don't want to get married. Right. Because I need to figure out something for myself. They never tell us what Leslie does. Yeah, she's a, she's a, she's whatever. We know what everybody else does. So, but we know she wants some kind of career. Yeah. And Alec wants to get married because he wants to further his career. So how dare he like throw well, stones? And one of my things is there's no healthy men in this. A lot of unhealthy masculinity. Leslie is healthy. Wendy is pretty healthy. Well. Relatively. Relatively speaking. But Leslie's the healthiest person in the movie, right? Pretty much, even though I think the decision to sleep with Kevin was a bit destructive. Right, right. I mean... It's her only bad. It's her only faux The thing we also have to remember is I'm 48, and these are 22-year-old kids. Right. So everybody at 22, as Monica Lewinsky would say, does something stupid. You know what I mean? Like, this is that is the years that you end up doing things that are not super smart. Yeah. Or dealing with consequences. What's up with Alex saying after he confronts Kevin <laughs> and he says to Leslie, I want you out of the apartment tonight. Control. That's that's but, but he screwed up. I know, but in front of all those people, okay, so Leslie just figured out that he's been cheating, and then he pushes Kevin down, and that's when Leslie's like, you know, I had a hunch, you know, until now, whatever. Are you about to play this? Okay. I want you out of the apartment tonight. Hold on, real good line coming up. It's okay. It's cool. It ain't a party till something gets broken. <laughs> we say that all the time. I know. It's a so, great line. But let's talk about that. So he he gets pissed because he thinks Kevin, Kevin's his best friend, so he tells him all the time when he cheats on Leslie, you know, and how interesting that his best friend is in love with his right. girlfriend. And he thinks Kevin told Leslie, yeah. but he didn't. Yeah. And so when he pushes him down and realizes he just busted himself, yeah. he has to regain control. He feels shame. He feels shame, and he also feels vulnerable. Embarrassment, so yeah. So to get back control, he says, Leslie, you need to leave. You're right. And it's, the background is interesting when he says, you need to go. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. oh that's not cool. So uh, switching gears. What's with Dale Beaverman's boyfriend taking pictures of his girlfriend with the stalker? <laughs> So Kirby's the stalker. He'll freeze. He'll freeze. He wants to stay in the car. <laughs> oh, is he's just a, Todd? You have to back up so far I know, before you but, get to the but photography. We're assuming that people know this, but go ahead. Start. Okay, uh, catch us up. This Kirby Dale Beaverman Let's story start with Kirby. is like painful, like nails on a chalkboard. I like Emilio Estevez. So do I. Um, and I sometimes like Andy McDowell, except for a few movies, including Four Weddings you, and a Funeral. What movies do you like her in? I like her in, um, I like her in Groundhog Day. Do you really? 
I like her in Sex, Lies, and Videotape. What about her best work, which is in Multiplicity? I like with her. Michael Keaton. <laughs> what does he say? That wouldn't be fair to the kids. That wouldn't be fair to the kids. <laughs> um, I like her in Green Card. She's not horrible, but there's I, Four Certain Weddings and a Funeral was tough. Like and, okay, so. Okay, so Kirby, Stock, and so Dale. So Kirby is totally stalking Dale. He takes her out on this date that she totally has to leave. He's not getting the point. She's not super clear about quit showing up places. He shows up soaking wet at a party, and then she brings him back to her apartment. But right before that, he says, she's like, Kirby. He's like, she's like, how are you? He's like, I'm obsessed. Thank you very much. Which is the first indicator to not bring him back to your apartment. Yeah. And then in the apartment, she says something totally random about how now that she's become a doctor, she realizes the medical profession is really about money. And that was after he smelled her pillow, sweetie. Which is so gross and scary. And then <laughs> he's so... he gets all of a sudden instantly pissed, yep. like a stalker. Yeah. And is like, you, it's the money, isn't it? You just don't think I have enough money. And then he storms out and she's like, Kirby. Like, there's this constant like... <laughs> like, she should be like, good riddance. Get out of my apartment. Thank goodness. And then for him to show up... At, at the that ski place lodge. With her boyfriend. Yeah. And to be pissed at them. Yeah. I'll the stay in the car. <laughs> he wants to stay in the car. He'll freeze. He'll freeze. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene is like, again, painful. You know, he, I like Kirby in certain scenes at the bar, and I like. Yeah, when he's not with Dale, I like him. And I like his friendship with Kevin. Yeah. Fluff and Fold. And they. <laughs> And they were really roommates in prep for the movie. It doesn't surprise me right. at all. Yeah. And, you know, he's the only one who doesn't smoke, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, and anyway. Andrew McCarthy says that of all the roles he's ever played, Kevin is the one that is most close, closely aligned to his actual personality. Wow. How interesting. Um, he wears a lot of camouflage pants. He does. <laughs> What's with... So my next question. What's with them drinking alcohol straight and neat? Okay. I remember seeing this movie the first time, and I totally recognized They're drinking that. whiskey and vodka in Straight. a glass. No ice. No ice, no spritzer, no lemons. Just No straight. twists, just room temperature, and that's it. And they drink it like it's pop. Who does that? I know. It's, it's a very- They must have made a decision. You know what? This is what we're going to do, everybody. Listen up. <laughs> We're going to be different in this movie, and we're just going to drink everything straight and neat. We have no time to get the ice. Yeah. I don't even remember. Oh, yeah, they drink a beer at the bar a little bit, but mostly it's just hard stuff. Yeah, pitchers beer, beer. But um, I wrote down the kiss. We're meant to think that this is a good thing. I don't know. Which kiss am I talking about? The kiss. Oh, my God. How many kisses are there? Um, oh, Kirby's kiss with Dale. Oh, okay. So basically, I think Dale is kind of like, now you see that I'm with someone and I'm sorry that you drove all the way up here as if she needs to apologize. And so then the boyfriend's like, I'll get a picture of you two. Why? Why Why does he need to do this? We don't know. He goes to get the Polaroid. So then Kirby decides to take it upon himself to not ask, but then just to kiss her. And then we are made to believe that she enjoyed it. Right. What's up with that? 
It's very 80s. This is why we're learning about consent these days. I know. Consent, that's that's in my stop it section. Well, that's how our generation learned that that's what we should do. Right. Is that we should take, and then if someone takes, that we should be um, flattered. Because mm. she even says, I'm flattered that you would drive all the way up here. Mm. I would be like, dude. Okay, so let's fast forward to the end of the movie. Okay. And I'm going to bounce all over the place. I was going to say, because there's so much Oh, more. yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to bounce. Okay. But, um when Demi Moore locks herself in the Demi. apartment, Demi, Jules, she Jules. locks herself in the apartment. <laughs> How much of an emergency is this? Okay. Even Skylar came in and they were like, she'll freeze it's to death. It's like a 48 degree day at Georgetown <laughs> University. <laughs> and Skyler- like everybody's like got like one layer on with their jackets open. And she's like, oh my God, you're so cold. She's going to freeze to death. And she's not. There's no emergency. <laughs> Well, I think they're worried about her because Jules... Of course they're worried about her, but I don't know about the blowtorch. And how do they know how to handle a blowtorch? Do, do Alec knocking on the door. Hi, Jules. Open the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh like, and what I love about that is I know that sounds like no big deal, but Alec thinks he's Alec just is got Mr. It. Tough Guy. And it's funny, I, I, in preparation for this amazing podcast we do, I rewatched an interview between Judd Nelson and Arsenio. 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 What's what's up with you in pronunciation? It's A-R-S... It's Arsenio Hall. I know, but is it... How do you spell his name? A-R-S-E-N-I-O. Yeah, Arsenio. But, but you say Arsenio. Arsenio. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's in this interview. Don't they do that in the, yes. in the show? That and in Pretty Woman. Okay, yeah, that's right. She does that. Yes. Um, what? He's just the biggest jerk of all time. In that interview from Judd 1985. Nelson. Yeah. Now he he may have had a bad day, but you can see how unlikable. And you know, he's like meaner than John Bender from Breakfast Club. Why? Like, is he like? Give me he's this. Just context. disregarding. He's just. I mean, I could find it. Nah. It's just really bad. Well. Here's something I remember about Judd Nelson. So obviously for our generation, we were all infatuated with him because he was John Bender in Breakfast Club and because of St. Almost Fire. But then there was like this really long pause um, where I didn't see him forever. And then the next movie I saw him in was New Jack City mm. with Wesley Snipes. And he was great and wasn't in Wasn't Ali Sheedy in that too, I think? I, think I she don't was. know, but he was great in it. And he didn't look anything like Judd Nelson. Yeah. Like this clean cut Alec Newberry character, he never did again. Yeah. Like that was the end of the, the that was his pack. only, yeah. uh, that was his only run at being somebody clean. All exactly. right. Um, so once again, bouncing all over the place, Wendy is a virgin. Wendy Beamish. And Billy is always interested to see if she lost her virginity. A little too interested. Yeah. Okay. At the very end of the movie, after Billy cleans up his act, yeah. he says that line, have I abused our relationship so much or would it be too much to ask for, for a going, going away, away present? present? Right. Why does she say yes? Well, not that I love this scene necessarily, but I think they prep it well by having the that time that she meets her dad in the diner right before where I'm he keeps I'm about to play that. Saying, I'm about to play that scene. So don't, like, don't, don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. But w- w- I won't ruin the whole scene, but she does say, I love Billy. I love Billy. Yeah. So in no way is he, she, he's asking her, it, it would be much lovelier if he said, I love you. Yeah. And this is something that I would want you to experience with someone you love. 
but you know, it's screenwriting. What yeah. we can't. So I don't think it's like crazy that the two of them had sex, and I don't think that Wendy regrets it. Yeah. All right. Um. I don't think that's a, to me. Dale Beaverman and Kirby is more of a challenge. Not. I mean, here's the thing. Billy is like the bad boyfriend you keep accepting back. Yeah. And the truth is, is it's totally the 20-something bad boyfriend. It's kind of like the way you were, Todd, before we started dating for, for real. Wearing fishing is, hats, you mean? Y- yes. You were just like, you would come into my life and you would be like all fun and be like, I care about, you wouldn't even say I care about you. You'd just be there. Yeah. And you'd be like, we're going to have fun and we're going to go out. And then you'd be like, but... I don't really want this. No. Goodbye. And then you'd come back in. Right. So you were very Billy Hicks yeah, in that way. Yeah, I was way. much more Billy than um, than Kirby Kager, the like stalker. the night you went on the roof oh, yeah. of the house. Yeah. And I came How out. How close is Billy to dying <laughs> there? He's like barely hanging on the edge. I know. I know. It's... And, and I'm surprised how okay Wendy is with that. Like, I then kinda, her whole family comes outside. She waves to him. I know. She's like, yeah, that whole scene is dumb. And Todd really didn't go out on any roof. But it basically is, the point is, is that their relationship was not healthy yeah. in any way. There was, but in your 20s, you build a story around this person, which is what I definitely did with you, yeah. which is that there was something happening yeah even and there was but it just didn't have the right words to it you didn't have the ability neither did billy no. at that moment right to be like but i didn't play the sax are you sure i'm what about sure. that one halloween when you wore the bat shirt yes right and the headband <laughs> and i was very sweaty okay so play the clip um okay before that because i want to get to my next uh section of the show which is okay. called stop it okay. but before that <laughs> there's one question do you buy that Kevin and Alec are okay at the very end of the no. movie? It is the worst scene of the movie. First of all, that Kevin says, okay, so Leslie's walking with them arm in arm. They've, yeah. they've had this huge breakup. Obviously, yeah. she and Alec broke up. She slept with Kevin. And then he said, I thought I was your... When, uh, the miracle of your the life. The miracle of your life. And then Alec's like, I thought I was the miracle of your life. And I remember the first time I saw it thinking... Alec should have been the first one to say that. Yeah. And then Kevin yeah. would say, I thought I was. For Ke- Kevin, you've had one night and maybe two days. That's part of my stop it. I'm going to get to Kevin. Okay. That's just all. All right. So here is, now I'm getting to stop it. It's called okay. stop it. Okay. And basically means stop it. Do you think we're ruining this movie for people? I don't care. Well, do you? I do care. I don't. Because I don't want people to be no. mad. No, it's fine. Okay. It's fine. So this is, this this installment of Stop It is called the worst parenting moment of the movie. <laughs> so Wendy is talking to her dad. She received a car because she got engaged to Howie Krantz. Stewie New- oh, yeah, Howie Krantz, not Stewie Newman. And she, um, and she uh, is in, engaged to be engaged or something like that. Engaged to be engaged. So here we go. And let's, let's hear how dad deals with this one. <laughs> Good. But I, I can't keep it. I don't feel right about driving a car like that and then working with people who can't afford to eat. Keep the car. You and Howie will need it. Well, Daddy, I'm giving Howie back, too. I don't love Howie. Well, you learn to love. I mean, his marriage and his family and family business. That's what's important. I have my own job, and I, and I want to get my own apartment. 
But you can keep your job until you're pregnant. I mean, Howie's a fine boy, and, uh, and I don't think you need your own apartment. Dad, do you ever hear me? Well, I do. She doesn't love. Well, I do. She doesn't love Howie. So the dad is not listening at all or disregarding He's her a, completely. Well, and again, as we talk to parents about a lot on Zen Parenting Radio, our other podcast, that dad is doing all that in love because he wants his children to be safe. Intention and his, is great. His other two children have either married someone who have taken over a card business or they are, you know, I don't know if he has, I can't remember at dinner if those are in-laws or, um, you know, his children or his, what What am I looking for? in not in-law. Is that right? Yeah. Son-in-law. Yes. So I can't, I don't know if she I've has... never heard it said son-in-law. <laughs> My point is... I think it's is, called son-in-law, but all, go ahead. All of her children, <laughs> all of his children, they if they get married, they get the card uh, business. Yeah. And she doesn't want it. And by the way, there's a few comments that I have about Mayor Winningham. Number one, when Todd and I did get back together at the age of, the ripe age of 27... Yeah. When we finally figured this out and Todd wasn't Billy Hicks anymore. I became Alec Newberry. You became Alec Newberry. You became Kurt Except Gager. I wasn't having sex with uh, the lingerie people. <laughs> Thank goodness. So when he, I told him that, you know, we got back together and I said, I'm in grad school to become a social worker. And he thought <laughs> I was doing what Wendy Beamish was doing. Um, he thought that all social workers did welfare reform and worked. That's at what some I thought pensions. a social worker did. So he he you said something to the effect of like Wendy, like Wendy, yeah, like okay, I got a girlfriend who likes to work at the welfare office, which is a beautiful thing, and there are social workers who do that, but it wasn't the only thing that social workers do. And then one more comment that I told you last night, which is important to me and not to you, is that Mayor Winningham was also in the Thornbirds, and her she was. For those of you who watched the Thornbirds, it was about it was Richard Chamberlain and what's her name? Rachel something. Anyway, Green? the priest who was in love with basically a little girl that he took. Oh, care the of. guy from Cocktail. Yes. And they were married in in real life. The mm-hmm. the girl the woman who played Maggie and then the guy from Cocktail <laughs> were married. <laughs> We, we try not to get too specific on this show. <laughs> but anyway, she, Mayor Winningham played Maggie's daughter, Justine. And when Todd and I, when we first found out we were pregnant, I wanted to name our daughter Justine after Mayor Winningham in the Thornbirds. Did I put the kibosh on that? Very quickly you did. Justine. You were like, no, thank you. And then, so we named our daughter JC. And then I said, when I got pregnant again, if we have another girl, can we name her Justine? And you said, we are not naming our daughters. Oh, I don't, I don't like the JJ the thing. The JJ thing. No. You didn't want them to have the same letter. Okay, next episode of yes. Stop It. Okay. Jules kissing Billy while he's playing the sax at the Halloween party. And while Wendy's watching. Wendy's watching. Jules is out of control. Billy's out of control. She's fabulous. There's a lot of out of hand going on. So that's one. Um, we talked about stalking Kirby, so okay, we can skip stop that. It. Um, played both songs through the movie. Oh, well, they just keep playing the same two songs throughout the whole movie. Correct. Man in Motion <laughs> and then the good instrumental. The, the theme. Yeah. And Billy's song. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Are you going to play it or what? Um, uh, yeah, I can find it. Just, I'm going to move on and I'll find it in a okay. little bit. Okay. Um, so there's a part where Alec and Leslie are starting to kiss. Right. And she walks away because she has to go insert some birth control. Yes. Diaphragm. You know, it's time, you know, that's like a 1985 thing. Correct. Right. Nowadays, the guy, the guy ought to be in charge. 
Um, or not in charge, but it's just weird that she's in charge of everything. That was pre-AIDS. That was pre-condoms. Yeah. We didn't... Pre-condoms. People were use condoms Todd, back they then. used condoms, but it was not as common as it was until AIDS. Really? I mean, oh no, like... Everything changed. It's not that that wasn't a form of birth control. It's that it wasn't as widely used. Right. So, and she, you know, in a relationship, they were in a monogamous relationship. Sometimes one person out of the two makes the choice yeah. of what now, what <laughs> Leslie didn't know at the time. Maybe she. He was having sex with other women. He was having women. sex with now, other women. Now, was he wearing condoms while he was I having sex it. with lingerie salesmen? Mm-mm. Right. So now he's given her STDs. Right. Nice right. job, Alec. Right. Mr. Nice job. Mr. Straight Hair. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about something with Alec for a second? Sure. He was a Democrat in college, Georgetown, and then he got a job working for a congressman yep. who was a Democrat. Yep. And then he got asked to work for Senator Hodges. Yes. So he went from a House representative to a senator, and right there gives you his character, right? He's a flip-flopper? He is. loyal? He wants to go up the ladder, which anybody getting out of college yeah, obviously Yeah, but not at the job. expense of your own values. That's why I'm saying it's character-defining. All right. So Billy and Wendy uh-huh. are having some intimate moments at Wendy's house. Correct, which is weird because her whole family's home. First of all, the whole family's right. home. What's going You're on? You're so right. Stop. And then Billy, who's probably had sex with a lot of girls, right, just instantly grabs her breasts, which yes, and then puts his hand up her skirt, and then there's the scuba suit right comment. He finds like, her like what an girl. awful minute for Billy Hicks. Stop it. I said I looked at Todd and I go, thirteen year old boy. Like he's right. just acting like a thirteen year old boy, and then he shames her for wearing. Spanks or whatever they they are. They weren't Spanks then, but whatever, that version of Spanks, instead of being like loving toward her, and he's a jerk. And as long as we're piling on Billy for a second. The jewels scene. uh, In the Jeep. Yes. Yes. Horrible. He's He's, like bordering on Kirby Kager. Assaulting, his minimum assaulting, Mm -hmm. if not worse, like he's... He is pushing himself Physically forcing himself Mm -hmm. on her. And then is physically forcing her to go down on him. Yeah. And he is laughing and saying it's funny, but she's hurt and sad. And she actually says, I I needed a friend tonight. And then he says something else sexual. He says, get in the car and assume the missionary position. Yeah, he's brutal. He's an awful person. But you know what? He knows how to play the sex. Yes. God. Whoa. <laughs> Execute your apartment that I can borrow them off before uh, the uh, lingerie sales girls been calling. Oh, Alec! Oh, Alec, Alec just cheating no, on everybody. Yes, I'm gonna have no. nightmares about this song. Hi, this is Howie Kranz. Howie Kranz. And every time Billy is about to be in a scene, they play the sax. Yeah, he, the sax like shows up in the background <laughs> when Billy pulls up anywhere. Hold on here. Oh, we were just passing by. Oh no, no, I'm I'm in the greeting cards business. I work for one of one you think Billy can get no better, but he gets better. He's like they're, he's like the lead singer it. with a sax. Here he goes. And now he's kissing Jules. Now Jules is up there. Yeah, this is weird. 
gyrating on the speaker. Billy Hicks and the New Breed. That's the one thing I picked up on watching it last night. The New Breed? It's called The New Breed. Why did you not play where he says, let's rock? Well, I think it's coming up. Oh. I just didn't want to. He's kissing, he's kissing Jules. Okay. Maybe I missed all that rock. Did I miss it? I think it's enough. Everybody, this is my friend. <laughs> you think it's enough? <laughs> think you think it's 90 enough. seconds of Billy Hicks playing the sax and is enough? not only is he playing the sax, but he's all sweaty, and then there's a bunch of girls cheering, and he shakes his sweat on them. Yes. Well, girls like that. Do they? No. Okay. All right. And I have one more stop it, but that'll be at the end of the show. Okay. Observations. Mr. Kim, the Korean gangster. Kim. <laughs> I thought you were coming back on Thursday. <laughs> He had a bad run of employees. He had Billy. He had Billy. Then he had had Kirby. Kirby, not so so good. So Billy partied at his house with a girl. In the hot tub. But then Kirby took it up a notch and had had a party. He had a rager. And then he bailed. And then Howie and Wendy slept on the stairs. He's like, where's Kirby Kager? Where is Kirby Kager? He took my new he car. He took my new car. Um, there, I, I said that there's no healthy masculine men. Lendy, Leslie and Wendy are mature feminine. What about Howie Krantz? How? <laughs> How he had like one line in it though. But he was he was working. Yeah. He was good to Wendy. Yes. I mean, maybe a little boring. So here's another observation. Okay. Kevin, after you finally uh, had sex with this woman you've been in infatuated with. with, the next day, he's like, <laughs> We're moving in together. He's like, I've been thinking. So Kevin needs to pump the brakes a little bit. <laughs> looked at each other we're like is he really asking her to move it not only is he not reading social cues and body cues like leslie is trying her hardest to get away from him in all these scenes like she's like um i'm gonna go show show jules your article and then he pulls her back and says i was thinking we should move in together so he's he's missing the uh, boat so we're kind of in the home stretch here um, for every movie, I always want to ask you what happens next. Okay. And I have said for decades, I think they should make a St. Elmo's Fire Part 2. And I think it would be easy Billy because... Billy takes New York. <laughs> we got to come up with a quote. So I wrote a paragraph on what I think might happen. Oh, let's hear it. But before I do that, it would be easy to get... Everybody's on the downside of their career except for Rob Lowe. Everybody would be like, okay, let's do it. So you just got to throw all the money at Rob Lowe... <sighs> Let's see. Nobody else is like working. Ellie Sheedy is no, doing all right. No, she's not. No, none of them are doing well at all. None of them. Demi Moore no, is doing fine. No, I haven't seen her since striptease 25 years ago. Okay. By the way, do you know that I made a mistake on a show previously? I said, I didn't say striptease. I said something else. I, oh, I said striptease and I meant showgirls. Oh. I was talking. Uh, anyway. I did not pick that up. Okay. Good. Otherwise, I would have called right. you out on it. All right. Okay, so this is what should, this is what happens. Leslie, okay, chose Kevin and not Alec. I don't think she chose either of them. She chose Kevin, sweetie. Okay, their marriage is on the rocks. Alec never married and is a senator, and now he's just trying to get Leslie back and do the the zim zum of what Kevin did to them twenty five years ago. I just want to get her back. Wasted love. Wasted love. Jules used the cathartic moment that Billy gives to her uh-huh. while she's freezing to death with at 49 degrees in the apartment. Talking about her step monster. <laughs> oh, poor Jules. Jules you know, honey, 
This isn't real. You know what it is? It's St. Elmo's fire. Electric flashes of light that appear in dark skies out of nowhere. So, okay, Billy. Jules uses this moment okay. as the launching point, and she rises up through the ranks of the banking industry, and she's now the CEO of U.S. Bank. I think you're completely off base. No, no, no. Listen, I'm not okay. done. Wendy's a grandma. She immediately made babies with Howie Kranz. She went back to Howie. She did not go back to She went to back Howie. to Howie. Gosh, she realized these people. She realized. Did you not spend two hours with these people last she night? She realized that she made a mistake when she broke up with Howie because she values stability. All right. Okay. That's why they're, she spent all her whole college with Billy. They're living a normal life, but there's a problem. Stewie Newman. Stewie Newman comes. Stewie to Newman visit. is still trying to lose his virginity to Wendy as a fifty-six-year-old man. Okay, that's okay. like the the what's that the forty-year-old virgin movie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Dale Beaverman is divorced from the nice guy now. From I want to take a picture. Yes, but she's still freaked out by Kirby's stalking incident. Yes, she's, she's like in therapy about it. She's still recovering. She's from still that. recovering. Billy plays sax for Billy Joel's band. And now that he's older, he's trying to reignite his relationship with his 34-year-old daughter who's had five babies from six different men. Yeah. Do you, so you think he stayed in uh, Melody's life? Um, no. He doesn't want to be... He's trying to rekindle the relationship. With Felice? With with the daughter, with Melody. With Melody. And that's yeah. what I said. You think... Oh, you think he wants to be in Melody's he's life. Been, he's been playing the sax for the last 35 years. He doesn't want to be a C on the weekend dad. No. And you missed my joke. I said, have five babies from six different men. <laughs> Who had five babies from six? Melody. Different... Melody's the baby. Not anymore. <laughs> She's 34 years old. Okay. So you're saying she has been scarred by her dad being gone. Yes. But what about Ray that wanted to marry Felice? He became the dad. Ray, the guy who kicks... No, it's a, the guy... Remember, Remember Felice says... Remember Ray, Ray whatever. who yeah, wanted no, he he wants to marry He me. flaked out. Okay. There's no Ray. Oh, Melody. And then lastly, Kevin actually was gay and was using his affair with Leslie to get close to Alec. So he's still trying to chase after Alec. That's what I think St. Elmo's part two, Billy takes New York. Is that what you Billy said? Billy takes New York. I think everything you said is wrong. I don't agree with Which any part? of it. Which all of it, I think, and I can do this quickly. I don't, I don't have to go into a big thing. Jules goes in a totally different direction. She's not going to go in the financial industry or that kind of Wall Street world because is it's she still too doing drugs? Coke and you know stuff like is that. Is she still doing drugs? I'm sure she went back and forth, but I think now she's not doing that. I think Wendy did probably get married and settle down, but not to Howie Krantz. She needs somebody who Stewie is, Newman. Okay. Um, I think Leslie is, worked on her career and ended up marrying someone probably in her late 30s, but not Kevin. Sounds like a boring movie, sweetie. Okay. This has got to be a movie that's entertaining. I'm talking about them as real people. I'm talking about a sequel to a movie. We're well, talking about two separate things. Okay, we're talking about two separate things. So let's take things. a vote for all you guys. Whose movie is better, my movie or sweetie's boring movie? Throw the money towards Shawshank too, and do that instead. <laughs> Andy and Red Andy build and a hotel. Build a hotel because this Saint Elmo's Fire too is just—it's not going to make it. It's not going to get the green light. It's not. Why not? Because it's. Um, Sweetie, I'll have you know that this movie made it cost about ten million dollars. Okay. And it made thirty-seven million. Do you know I've been to that bar in Georgetown? Really? It's not called St. Elmo's. No, it's called St. Mouse. It's called St. Mouse, but I've been there. 
Um, okay, you ready for my random facts before we close the show down? Um, I guess so. I feel like I had something to say about the people, but I guess you can go forward. Uh, Emilio Estevez and Demi Moore began dating during the filming of the movie. Correct. He said he was deeply in love with her. For a time, they were even engaged, though they never married. And they were going to do a movie together, and then they broke up. They did do a movie together. Which one was it? Wisdom. Wisdom. But they broke up at the end of Wisdom. It's a good movie. I never saw it. He's a bank robber. Or no. Yeah, he like he breaks into banks and lights all these mortgages on fire so that... Uh, the poor people, the farmers, don't have to pay their mortgage anymore. Oh, interesting. So he became like, like this counter hero. Robin Hood kind of guy. Anti-hero. Yeah. So, and in the scene, like the, there's a lot of scenes with Rob Lowe and Demi Moore, mm-hmm. but you know, about last night. I know yes. they weren't together in real life, but about last night is a pretty, one of Todd and my favorite movies. Jim so Belushi. to see them together it's is hilarious. good. Mm-hmm. See Thomas Howell, also known as Ponyboy Curtis, auditioned for the role of Kirby, but didn't get it because he was too young. I could see that. Um, Much like her character, Demi Moore had a drug problem. Mm. This is according to IMDb. When she was cast in the film, one day director Joel Schumacher actually demanded that she leave the set because she was really high. Moore had to go through rehab and promised to clean in order to play a character with a drug problem. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what it said on IMDb. Mm. Our friend Kevin, also known as Andrew McCarthy. I called him Kevin McCarthy. Oh, you did? Now, do we know a Kevin McCarthy? No, that's because it's his name in the movie. Kevin. Kevin Dolan's. Kevin Dolan's. I was getting it. Andrew McCarthy. Yes. Um, in 2003, he was set to guest star in two episodes of Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Due to bad relations with actor Vincent D'Onofrio. Thank you. D'Onofrio. Series creator Dick Wolf decided against it. Wolf later stated, "Mr. McCarthy engaged in fractious behavior from the moment he walked on set." McCarthy fired back in a statement of his own saying, I was fired because I refused to allow a fellow actor to threaten me with physical violence, bully me, and try to direct me. Despite the incident, he later gets started in an episode of Law and Order Criminal Intent, not with Vincent, Vincent, but with Chris Noth. Noth. Did Big go over to Criminal Intent? Now, Andrew McCarthy had to go make Weekend Bernie's. He did, and he had to do uh, Mannequin. Mannequin with Kim Cattrall. Yes, and uh, what else did he do? Well, he did the Pretty, pretty in, pink. in Pink and all the... He did another one with All the Pretty Horses or I something. I was right. It was Kevin Dolan's. Nice, Todd. Thank you. Um, He did Weekend at Bernie's 2. Um, yeah, I'm trying... I'm going through it right now. Let's see. What did he do <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's 2? I've never heard of all this stuff. All of these... These are all TV things. So yeah. That's why. Um, did he show up on Psych? Uh, I don't think so. A lot of people from the 80s showed up on the TV show Psych. Did a lot of TV shows. Uh-huh. Not too many movies. Anyways, okay. um, Ali Sheedy was horrified by her sex scene with Andrew McCarthy. It wasn't until the day of filming that she realized it wouldn't be a simple fade out before any of the naked stuff happened. She wore a bodysuit, but both McCarthy and Joel Shoemaker made the process more comfortable. He knew I felt awkward, and he shot it fast. Sheedy said of her director, he didn't draw it out into this painful exercise at all, and a mishap actually added some laughter I knew it. to the scene. I said that last night. When the shower door was pushed out of frame, it was an accident that stayed in the film, much like Sheedy's reaction. Much like Sheedy's reaction, it was my real laugh there, she says. She says, Kevin! Yes. Um... I said last night, and I didn't. I don't remember thinking this before. When she pushed on that door and it fell, I said, "I wonder if that was a mistake." Yes, because yes. it looked really real. Yes. Okay. Um, that's all I have. Okay. Well, that's some good info. Yeah. Um. So, who's your favorite? 
geez, after rewatching it as a grown up, they're all pretty unlikable. Well, if you had to pick, go back to being 22. Like I the used first to identify time... with Kirby. Not that I was a stalker, but I don't know. I was, I kind of light brown hair like Kirby did. And... You thought you looked like him. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, um, and he wasn't sexually active. I wasn't sexually active in 1985 either. How do you know Kirby wasn't sexually Well, active? I'm just thinking of Billy oh. you know, and Alec. Got it. Like, it was hard for me to identify with these guys because they're having sex with girls. Right. They were was... so much older than we were. I didn't know what that was like. I know. Yeah, we were kind of far from that. So I remember what I was going to say before. So you know how you said that in St. Elmo's Part 2, which doesn't <laughs> exist except in Todd's mind, that Billy goes to play for Billy Joel's band. Yeah. Which is interesting because right when he's getting on the bus... He says to one of them, don't go don't changing. go changing to try and please me. That's right. And then don't play anything yet. I'm not going to. And then our favorite scene when Leslie comes back to the apartment to get her stuff with her three boxes, which will probably fit two things. Yeah. Alex says, you what, what does he say? Um, you can have the Billy Joels. You can have all the Billy Joels. Except the stranger. Yeah, we got to play that scene. So there's a lot of Billy Joel influence. There is. Well, it's because it's an East Coast thing. What's wrong? Just sickness. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. That's I mine. bought it. You did not. Did not. You can have all the Billy Joels. Except the strange. strange. <laughs> I'm taking Thriller and Mahler's Nine. Kevin is so fond of Mahler. Who's Mahler? I think it's like instrumental. I think, I think it's so like, too. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, yeah. I moved in with Jules. Oh, how nice. Oh, how nice. Roommates again. again. No Springsteen is leaving this house. You can have all the Carly Simon. <laughs> no love for Carly. I love Carly Simon. Uh, it's Symphony, Mahler's Nine. Got it. Um, are you going to play my favorite part? Well, um, I just want to... First of all, Don't you guys... Don't Go Changing Just to Please Me is a special song, sweetie. I know it is. Why is it a special this song? It's our wedding song. We did a dance to this. We did. Don't go changing to try and please me. Um, how much of that dance that we learned from our dance instructor, Emily? Emily. Do you remember? Uh, zero. Me too. But I think Sorry. we have it on tape somewhere. We learned how to box step. Yes. I, I'm a killer box stepper. I can really do a mean box step. Yeah. This was our song. And you know what? It still is true. Yeah. I love the words of this song. Billy Joel, he's a poet. I know. And he's a heck of a piano player. He didn't know it, but his feet show it. Okay, what, uh, so, what part do you want me to play? Just what he says next, what Alex says next. Because um, is... it's like the worst writing ever to me. Uh, okay. You got me those for Valentine's Day. Remember when there were still Valentines around here? You ran out on this relationship. You take the consequences. I didn't run out on anything. You ran out. You fucked Kevin. You fucked many. Nameless, faceless many. 
I feel much better now. <laughs> Thanks. A guy's logic. I know. So confusing. I know. You're not taking the police. So just anyway, I didn't just fuck Kevin. I was confused and angry and I care about him very deeply. Get your clothes, give me the keys, and get out. Now! He's so mean. He's got to get control again. Alec. I can't believe this is happening to us. Don't take the police. Here we go. Here's the line. <laughs> Wasted love! <laughs> and then he says... God, I just wish I could get it back. So let's say you're an actor. <laughs> wasted love. These are the words on the page. It says, wasted love. God, I wish I could just get it back. Throws football. I would have gone like this. Wasted love. Ah, I just wish I could get it back. Amen. Thank you. What would you have said? You got to do it different than me. I would have skipped saying wasted love. <laughs> <laughs> that have been. I would have taken a pen and crossed it, crossed, crossed it, crossed that out, and then just said under my breath, sat down with the football, put my head to it, and said, God, I just wish I could get her back. I would have said, wasted love? I wish I could just get her okay, back. Okay, you're, you're really going the wrong These direction. These pretzels are, are making, making me thirsty. thirsty. Um, okay, so we got to play a little man in motion here because it will not be a podcast without man in motion. So if you guys love St. Elmo's, we do too, in our heart. <clears throat> it will always live. I'll watch it again in 15 years. Sure, but when you're 48... It's, it leaves some room. It's not as cool as I thought it was. It's not as great as we thought, but it was sure fun to watch again. Todd and I had good laughs, and maybe we'll inspire you to go back and watch it and just enjoy it with a new adult perspective that I, some of the choices weren't great. I listened to an interview with the John Parr, uh -huh. who wrote this song. Man in Motion. Man in Motion. It's actually not about the movie. It's, oh. about, some, it's about something else. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but the video is the Joel Schumacher directed the video too. So the actors are in the video. I know. We talked about that last week. And John Parr is from England, and he didn't know who these actors were <laughs> except for Rob Lowe. Oh. So he ended up giving them direction, and he said they did not receive the direction very well. They're like, do you know who we are? Exactly. So anyways, do we know what our next movie is? No. Oh, yes, we do. What is it? It's Spotlight. Oh, Spotlight. It is Spotlight. Michael Keaton. Uh, and Rachel McAdams. And the guy that I love so much, what's his name? He's an almost famous Billy Crudup. Oh, yeah. And Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Who has the big scene. Hold on. No from this 1985 film up to 2015, 2016. Give or take. So we're kind of doing a more current movie called Spotlight. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm glad I grew up when I grew up. I'm glad that I had these movies in my childhood, even if they don't quite hold up. It's um, It was fun. It was. Yeah. Thank you. Um, fellow Gen Xers. Fellow Gen Xers for going down this... Uh, memory lane. Memory lane with us. And we'll see you guys next week on Pop Culturing. Yes. Down the road.